Hey everybody, you have Jake flying solo today. I'm going to be discussing Secret Invasion episode two. I'm going to try and keep it brief this week. I'm not going to do a full recap, but generally what happens, we have the fallout from last week's attack. Fury continues to lose allies. He first loses Talos, um, or he really exiles or bans Talos. I should say exile. He bans Talos or kind of shoes him away because he learns that there are more than the few hundred or few thousand refugees that Fury thought were on Earth. Turns out while he was gone, Talos sent out a signal and millions of, or a million Skrull refugees are now on Earth. Basically all of them, uh, with the exception of one colony they mentioned, Emperor Dorja's, which is a character. I will, I'll save the canon conversation for later, but that's definitely a reference and an allusion to possibly bigger Skrull storylines down the road. But I said I wanted to keep this short, and I'm already lingering, and I'm spending more time on the plot than I wanted to. But in this episode, we find out that all the scrolls are actually there, so it's a bigger threat than Fury realized. So he kind of sends Talos away. He has further foul out from the direct death of Maria Hill. He's kind of chewed out by her mom at the uh, at the funeral, or it wasn't a funeral. It was when they brought her um, body home, and. I mean, one of the highlights we'll get into in a moment, but he also ends up eventually losing his position at Saber, which is very nebulous, and we don't know what that means, But and he loses it because of Rhodey. He also loses his friendship with Rhodey, and kind of seems to lose the clout of the Avengers as well. Um, so by the end of this episode, Fury is really, really in a worse spot than he was when we, when we met him or at the end of last week. He has no allies, seems no resources other than his wit and his will and his guile, as I think he said in Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, quoting himself there, quoting him. We do get a couple big uh, spoilers. I mean, spoiler alert at the end of the episode. While we learn that, we do learn that he does have at least someone in his corner, his wife, who we are 99% sure is a squirrel. So that's basically storyline A. Storyline B, it's the fallout on the squirrel side. It's not really fallout. It's them taking next steps. Uh, and it's Olivia Coleman's character, Sonya Fallsworth, uh, going after them. And there's a cool interrogation scene. And then we also see Gaia, um, Danielle Clark, Danielle's Clark. And I, I think I called her Gia last week, but her name is Gaia. And it's her. Um, we seems to be she's having second thoughts or she's like investigating uh, Gravik and what the Super Scroll program, which we'll get into more of in a moment. All right. I'm already at three minutes. And I said I wasn't going to talk about the plot, but there we are. Okay. I won't lie. I said, as I said last week, I felt like I was a little out of step with the, the critics who were really harsh, I thought, last week. Um, and this week, they, they thought it, for all the talking heads I listened to, they really thought it was a step up and a big improvement. I couldn't disagree more. I thought that like there was definitely some, some real highlights, and I'll get into those in a moment. Um, but I felt like the highs were high and the lows were lower, and there were a lot more lows. Um, that could just be me. Um, I might just be souring on it more earlier than usual um, with these series, but I was disappointed, and I'll, I'll get into it in a minute. Um, first, the biggest disappointment, I mean, well, first of all, I'll talk about what I liked. What I really liked was the scene with Rhodey and Fury. It, the chemistry between them was, I just thought, Incredible. It was one of the best acted scenes I've seen in a, in a while, going with a couple of the uh, Wakanda Forever. I, I thought some of Angela Bassett's scenes were incredible in that. Uh, but that was a real highlight to me, and I, I just loved it. And like, I wish we got more of that. And one of the things I feel like Marvel's really 
the more I think about it, what's really key to me that Marvel forgot, like their magic sauce in the first three phases, were bringing these characters together, like having more interaction and cross connection. And just seeing that here really, it, it clicked through. And this is what it's missing. And Martin Freeman's great, but give me the Avengers. Give me some heroes. Give me Doctor Strange. Give me Wong. So having Rhodey's in it, great. I will say at the very end, though, I thought Samuel L. Jackson's like final line was, was pretty weak. Uh, but overall, great scene. And there were a couple other good scenes with Rhodey and a couple other well-acted scenes. Uh, a low light, though, I'm going to say was the tarmac scene with Fury and Maria Hill's mom. It just was so bad. It felt so impersonal and so like cliche. It just was so weird. It felt like so tacked on or inserted. It was just a very weird, poorly acted scene. And that that's what I mean. Like that scene, what, along with the roadie scene, are just such huge contrasts. Mind blowing. Um, so that's what I, what I like, though, in terms of the... I mean, there are other good interactions, but it was definitely a mixed bag. But overall, I thought the acting was good. There was more action. Um, I didn't love it. it. It was fine. It was kind of generic but it was at least exciting, and it's when Gravik and the Skrulls kind of take out a base. Uh, but there's definitely more action. I also really like the Sonya Fallsworth scene, and her, which is part of it. It's like the whole interrogation. It it wasn't amazing action, but it was definitely suspenseful and thrilling. What did I not like? I mean, uh, why didn't I like it? I just overall like the things that didn't hit for me, like Maria Hill's death. Last week didn't hit, and as I said, the, the scene meant to celebrate it this week fell flat. And again, I felt like having Rhodey in this just made me wonder, why aren't there more Avengers in this? And, and Rhodey puts it best uh, in their conversation. So they're a threat a million times more powerful than Hydra, and only you can stop them. As in, like, we don't need the Avengers. And I like that they addressed the Avengers, but I also don't like how they didn't, because Nick Fury doesn't answer that. And his answer is like, oh, we don't want them to be turned into villains or duplicated or whatever and it just seems like such a weird so you're not going to use your best asset because you're afraid they'll lose like they've beaten loki thanos the ultron like hydra like and you're worried it just seems so weird that that he was so unwilling to use them and i get that a huge part of this is they're trying to make it personal but my problem is it's just so nonsensical like a threat this size requires i feel like just requires the avengers and i'm i understand the series is going bending out of shape backwards to make us feel like that's not the case and they're going to try and justify why not but my biggest i've made this complaint before but this just reminds me why are the avengers here and if they're not here like are they now only used for interdimensional like conflicts it just seems so weird you literally created them to be like to protect the universe against alien threats like loki and you're not using them here just it doesn't make sense. It just further diminishes the Avengers and the overall franchise, I feel like. And that might be unfair, kind of really putting that on the show. But it just is like a glaring hole that the more I look at it, the more I just keep wondering, where are they? And who, hey, if they come in in the next three, and they if more Avengers or we get more crossover in the next few episodes, or if we get like a better understanding of why they're not there, that's great. Like, are they all fighting someone? Like, where are they? <laughs> like, where is Scott right now? Where is Hope? Like, I don't know. Like, where is Shang-Chi part of them? Is Bruce on Sakaar? Like, we don't know. Like, and that's where my most biggest frustration is. We've only gotten glimpses of them for about five years now. And I don't get it. These are the characters we invested in for the first 10, 12 years. And they made billions of dollars off of it. And now they just, like, won't give them to us. So 
I'm going to stop complaining. It definitely feels like I'm ranting and, and being a little too harsh on this episode, but I'm sticking with it. Uh, I mean, overall, I think it's fine. I know I usually give thumbs up. I don't think I give, gave any last week, but I mean, this is like, I'm going to give it neutral. A couple highlights save it for me, namely like some more action, a couple of good scenes with Rhodey, namely, and I like it. Uh, the overall mystery for me, uh, Daniel Clark, I'm just, I keep calling him Daniel Clark. I'm sorry. Amelia Clark as Gaia is, is doing good work, I think. Not not as charismatic or as exciting as I feel like Danny on Game of Thrones, but that's a little unfair. That's like an all-time great role and just a very different role and production and ask. She's, I think, doing a good job here um, so far, but her character is going to need to do a lot of work to, I feel like, make the show worthwhile for me. All right. Approaching 10 minutes here. Definitely disappointed with episode two. We'll see where we are with episode three. Then I'll kind of weigh in with with a more official rating on how I feel about the first half of the season in the series. Thanks for joining me, everyone. Hope you all had a great 4th of July, and I will talk to you soon. Later.